Hello there, I'm Johan Heinrichs. I'm the podcast engineer for the Journey with Care podcast, the podcast you're currently listening to. You may recognize my voice from episode zero, where we told a little bit about the story about the podcast and how it all came together. So normally this would be an off week. You would not get an episode today. But today is September 30th. It is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation here in Canada. So being a podcast that has a focus on reconciliation, we wanted to bring you a bonus episode. So why am I on here? Well, today also happens to be International Podcast Day. So we thought it'd be a good opportunity to ask you for a small, simple, quick favor that will make a big difference. We believe these stories are so important and we want to see them get out to a larger audience. So whatever you're doing, maybe pause, make a reminder or a memo on your phone, whatever you're doing, now or at some point today, we ask that you share this podcast on your social media or at least tell or text a friend or family member about it. And then leave us a review on the app that you're listening on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If it allows you to give a review, give a review. So very simple, and we so appreciate it. It'll make a big difference to helping these stories get out there. So to sum it up, let's recognize this National Day for Truth and Reconciliation and International Podcast Day by sharing the stories of reconciliation to the world. And leave a review to let others know that these stories are meaningful to you. All that being said, here's a bonus episode. So this was recorded live at the Forks here in Winnipeg in August during the Jesus 2022 event. We saw hundreds of people gather to worship Jesus at the Scotiabank stage with several Indigenous artists and guest speakers. And we had set up a podcast booth at the gathering so that people can come in and share their stories and let us know what reconciliation means to them. So as our bonus episode, here's one of those interviews from the Jesus 2022 gathering from the booth. Melvino was helping run the event, so Wendy Park was actually conducting the interview. So share, review, here's your bonus episode. Hi, we're here at the Jesus 2022 uh, Festival uh, here at the Forks in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And with me here, I have Herb Dijerle yeah. with us here today, all the way from BC, Northern BC. Um, introduce yourself and uh, how you got here. Okay, my name is Herb Dijerle. Uh Some people say Dejarle, Dejarleus, but it's Dejarle for me anyway. I, uh, I live up in Terrace, British Columbia, mm-hmm. in the northwest portion of BC. Um, knew David Harper for quite some time and uh, got invited to come and uh, I've ministered with him in certain certain areas, Thunder Bay for instance and uh, some others that uh, are involved in the ministry and we're very glad for the invite to come to Winnipeg. It's mm. not our first time. We came for Jesus 2020 and uh, was held on the outskirts of town and uh, we're very glad to be here. Yeah, well it's really good to meet you here and there's a lot of people from different places across Turtle mm-hmm. Island I've noticed. I've met a few, quite a few here, yeah, yeah. Um, gathering here. And um, yeah, and the Forks is a significant place too, isn't it? It's a nice place, but very hard to get in and out of. That's one thing <laughs> we parking, find. My, right? wife, my wife keeps on saying, I do not want to move here. I do not want to move here. <laughs> 
But it's only downtown, right? I believe it has evolved since the hundreds of years yeah. ago when this was the gathering place. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure uh, there were room for the canoes and everybody that Man, was gathering just, here, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. But what a historic place to be here. Yes, we were having a hard time finding parking, but once you get here, it's worth it's, it. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. So tell us a little bit of what you're going to be doing here and participating in this Jesus 2022. Well, I was invited to uh, to be alongside with the other one call them entertainers, mm-hmm. those who are lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, I've recorded some music and such, and uh, David, you know, has heard heard things, and I think that that is the the, the media that uh, that helps a little bit, mm-hmm. and through that, and and uh, Moggison Telegraph, you know, it's hey, you should listen to this guy, or you should listen to her, you know, and mm. that's, we, uh, we we kind of work together with that. So I've been invited to be a part of the group that's there, that are they're lifting up the name of Jesus. And what I've noticed here throughout the, the weekend gathering, that there are people from all kinds of churches and denominations, ministry groups. You're not all from one church order or line of denomination. You have put this, coordinated this together with a lot of people. Um, is it through relationships? Uh, people know people? Or how have you come together? Uh, that's basically it. It's Like I said, it's word of mouth. And uh, I think... Facebook has a lot to do with it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of these uh, singers are, are on there, and they YouTube and such, and uh, and that's. But we we all have one thing in common, mm. and that is to reach the lost. If we minister to the people that are hurting. Yeah. And we must never forget that it's not about who is greater up on that stage. Right. You know, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. Mm. God said He's no respecter of persons. Amen. And so we we treat each other respectfully. We're not yeah. out there to compete. It's not a competition. It's not who sells the most CDs. It's how much healing can we bring to the nation. That's right. So, yeah. I, I've heard some other people saying when we, we talk about what reconciliation mm-hmm. and what reconciliation means to them, um, I've heard numerous people say reconciliation actually happens within the Indigenous people as well. First, we need to be reconciled with each other. And then from there, we have... He- Healing and hearts for reconciliation Amen. outward, and it's been a it's been a hard road, but I do believe there's light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. You know, uh, we we we, str- we struggle with things, but uh, a lot of people have turned to the Lord, and it's He's not a band aid, but right. but it, He He is a great uh, a worker in in our healing, and, and if, we, if we follow Scripture and we follow the Word of God. He can bring that healing to us. You know, it's how much we want mm. we want to give to him. That's right. Last night, Brother Lynn Lubacan preached a message on uh, going to heaven. He died for 12 minutes. You yes, know, I and, heard that. And it was a powerful. There was not this place was packed last night, mm-hmm. and uh, there, there was not a sound. And many wow. many people crying. You know, uh, yeah. that reached the hearts of a lot of individuals. That's that's the whole purpose. And while we were here, like I said, uh, many came over, and I went and helped minister. And a lot of the prayers were in that mm. in that vein of. Uh, I'm going through this, and I sure like to yeah. escape it. But that's, I think, I believe that's the whole purpose of, of, of this, these, these types of gatherings. We're reaching out to the lost. We're releasing those hurting people and saying, there's a hope out here. There's, so what there's gives you hope? What has brought you on this journey to get you to this place? Um, tell us a little bit about your journey to faith. Well, like I said, uh, I was I was in uh, caught up in alcoholism and drugs mm. for many years. Uh, even to the point of uh, putting a syringe full of whiskey in my arteries and wow. such, you know. I got to that point, and uh, in 1984, my sister brought the Lord, the new, the good news, if you will, mm-hmm. to me. And uh, he was, she was there in our home one day, and the next day my, my wife went to church and came home with a, a changed countenance. And I could 
tell that something happened to her. And I said, what happened, Jesus? Should I gave my life to Jesus today. And I said, now what am I going to do? I got this old alcoholic here that's been drinking like crazy. And now I got a Christian woman in my home. And they said, well, they'll come pick you up tomorrow, tonight, tonight, or tomorrow, take you to a, a crusade down in the south of Edmonton. I relented, but I did go. And uh, I came back a changed individual. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I stopped the that part of my life for quite a number of years mm. and continued on and uh, got hurt along the way and left the church and uh, began to go into uh, into the Indian medicine stuff and mm -hmm. uh, but eventually I came out of that and went back to the Lord mm. and it's been a work I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not perfect by any means but I do know who who I follow yeah. And I know what he can do in my life. And it's, it's been a continual and continual healing journey for me. You know, we're never perfect, but right. God says he keeps on putting us back on that potter's wheel. Yeah. You know, you're marred and uh, he doesn't he, give up either, imperfections does he? and he slaps you back on there again. You know, as long as we can keep on uh, looking forward and, and bring better healing to our life. Right. Then God can be able to use us the way he wants to use us. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I'll just tell you a quick story if I may sure. interject. Yes, please. The, um, the king, he was up in his palace, and this is for you people out there that are hurt and that you don't believe that you're worth anything and you're broken. But the king, he walked down with a yoke on his on his back and two pails of water, and he walked down empty pails, and he walked down to the village to go get water every day. And uh, on the way back, he'd he'd carry that, he'd, he'd get back, and the next day he'd go down, and this went on for a long time. And finally, on his way back up, uh, one of the little pails said, why do you use me, master? Why, why do you use me? I, I've got holes in my pail and uh, in my body, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good for nothing. He said, why do you just continue to take me down there? I said, I spill everything out. He said, mm. why do you do that for me? You know, and the Lord said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, this king says, we're going back up to the, to the palace today. He said, I want you to take a look on your side of the path. And as they're walking, there was nothing but beautiful flowers on this little pale side all the way up. Wow. He said, without your imperfections, he said, I wouldn't have flowers every day to be able to put in the king's palace. He said, wow. my palace. Therefore, I can use you. Amen. Mm -hmm. And the little pale smiled and said, well, that's the same thing with everybody out there. Mm -hmm. No matter what you think you're going through, God can use you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Wow. That's really, really powerful. Thank you for sharing that story. Amen. I have a question for you. Um, what does it look like um, to reconcile being fully indigenous and fully Christian, um, not in a colonized way, but how, how do you reconcile your faith with your cultural, your indigenous roots? What does that look like for you? What's that process looking like? You know, the, I firmly believe that if I put God first mm -hmm. in everything, that everything else falls into place. Mm. And so, first that and foremost... sounds form so simple. Yes, first and foremost, when I gave my life to the Lord, and when I finally decided that I was going to truly follow Him, I became a child of God. And everything else on the outside was not there anymore. Mm -hmm. I still practice my, my cultural things, mm -hmm. things like wearing moccasins and eating bannock, even though it's mm -hmm. a Scottish thing. You know, <laughs> a lot of people don't believe that, but that's where it came from, Scotland. Really? But, yeah, bannock's from Scotland. But... Uh, so I, hang I think on. every culture has a oh, version yeah. of pan sure. Bannock. Oh, yeah. I'm Mennonite by background, and we have called Schnetja. There you go. It's downright Bannock. That's right, Bannock. Mm -hmm. Or bacon powder biscuit. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, my my life is uh, is geared around the Lord. And mm. uh, if I hang on to the things that were bogging me down, then I'm not mm -hmm. going to have victory. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I did not leave my culture. 
Right. I left my native spirituality, but I did not leave my culture. Mm. Uh, I don't want nothing between me, me and God. Mm-hmm. I, I, I became a new creature. And so reconciliation for me was, number one, reconciling with the Lord. Mm. And I believe that he'll take care of the rest. Sure. I, it, I'm not caught up with the politics of all that stuff. So do you find within your own community that, um, and looking at Canadians' history with mm-hmm. the church, and I know the Pope was just through here with a Catholic church, but even the, the Protestant evangelical church mm-hmm. is not um, without skeletons in their closet, shall yeah. we say, um, in how we have brought across the gospel. Yeah. In some colonizing way, um, do you find any th- resistance to your faith within your your people because you have chosen Christ as what I've heard uh, commonly say white man's religion? How how do you respond in reconciliation to within your own community if that is the case? Mm, good question. I guess uh, I can only preach the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all I can do is preach God. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get caught up with, with, with those outside things. Okay. You know, I, I can only preach the Lord. That's all I can give to the mm-hmm. people. People have to choose. And I do believe the power of God is it draws the people in. We'll do the work within them. After all, right. after all, God said, I make you fishers of men. He said, I don't make you cleaners. Mm-hmm. You see, in a lot of times, people will fish and catch people and bring them into the kingdom. But then their, their agenda is to clean them at the same time. That's mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's work, not mine. And so God has to do the work within the individual to bring him to that place. Like I said, I'm not too much caught up with all the the other things. Well, and I, what yeah. I'm hearing from what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. you're not pursuing a religion. You're in relationship with God, God. and no one can wipe that, that experience no, from that, your... That's exactly you, it. Right? That's exactly it. It's a relationship that, with God. Uh, that speaks louder than yeah. words. Yeah. yeah I, I used to belong to denominations. I'm a non-denominational man. Mm. I told the wife quite a few years back, I said, honey, we need to go back to the original teachings of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I said, not what has been marred by through the, uh, through the uh, what was it called, the Reformation and, right. and all these other different denominations mm-hmm. came into effect. It's caused more division amongst the people than anything mm-hmm. else. You know, mm-hmm. you can... You can have this kind of a religion. They, they're the tongue speaking. They're the whatever. They're the bad. It just goes on and on. If you if you disagree in one issue, you break off and you start your own. And I said we just need to go back to the original. We need to have a restored gospel, mm-hmm. and that's where we need to be. And begin to follow the teachings of what Christ taught, sure. not where man has polluted it along the mm. way. And I believe the church has been polluted since Jesus's time. Yeah. yeah. Um, how has your experience been? Your with the non-indigenous uh, believers of all denomination, any denomination, I treat what, everybody equal. Well, I, I, every, I believe every, that because you yeah. have been nothing but yeah. friendly, and, and I can see this yeah. is your lifestyle. Yeah. What has has been your experience within the broader church? Um, have you seen a lot of integration of the indigenous and non-indigenous church? It, it is happening. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, you know, like I said, I treat everybody equal. I love everybody. I'm not. Mm-hmm. A, I'm not a racial, racial kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not a prejudiced guy. I love everybody mm-hmm. equally, mm-hmm. and so you know, I, I can only I can only share the gospel, and right. I can let the Lord do the work. But I will never let uh, color affect my life yes. because everybody was created by Jesus. Amen. Amen. Everybody's created by Jesus. Made in and the image of Christ. Right? I, I have I have uh, East Indian friends, Muslim mm-hmm. friends. I have. It's all a whole racial mosaic of people of mm-hmm. friends, right? And uh, there's a lot of them that are in the same boat as me. Mm-hmm. We think alike. Uh, we greet each other with a kiss. You know, they used to yeah. greet each other with a kiss in the mm-hmm. Bible. 
you know, and uh, I just, we, 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 we try to reach for that common goal because in heaven, we're not segregated in heaven, mm-hmm. right? Everybody is the same. You're not going mm-hmm. up and say, oh, I can't go over there. That's the Pentecostal church people. Right. It ain't going to be happening in heaven, you know. I can't go, those are the Catholic people. I can't go mm-hmm. over there. There's not just going to be a separate Catholic church up in heaven. Mm-hmm. It, God says all together we're going to be together up there, together as one, in unity mm-hmm. as it happened in the book of Acts. When they prayed in unity, mighty things happened. And I believe that unity teaching is part of what's going to be happening up there in the heavenly realm. Amen. We are one. Yes. Amen. Well, at Care Impact, the organization yeah. that this is the initiative, Journey with Care is an initiative of, of Care Impact. Our mission is to connect and equip the whole church. And, and we're looking at all denominations that love Jesus. That's and our, our passion is to connect and equip the whole church to effectively journey in community with children and families in hard places. And and we see a lot of need across Canada in child welfare, um, some of the uh, trauma and the, the res- uh, residential schools and, and foster care, um, historical trauma, seven generations going on eight. Um, and we, we really have a passion to um, build up the church Mm-hmm. and equip the church to be able to be effective uh, as agents of the gospel, but also what does that look like on a practical basis to love our neighbor? Amen. Um, neighbors that don't necessarily look like us or we don't have the same experience, but we believe that the whole church is called to care. It's not just for the social workers. It's not just for the ministers of the gospel. We are all ministers of the gospel. And we're saying, you don't have to pray if you should care for your neighbor. You have to pray how. God has equipped you to care for your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see in your community as a way of the church connecting with children and families in hard places? Do you have any experience um, that you can share? Nothing confidential, obviously, mm-hmm. but of what it looks like to journey with care with children and families? Where, where I live is uh, the teaching of the parents. Uh, the majority of People are, are Christian people in, in the area, in the Northwest, where I live amongst mm-hmm. the Northwest uh, Aboriginal peoples. And they, they, they teach their children, you know, mm. they, they come to services. You know, my little great-grandchildren, you know, yeah. I started teaching them and now I get them to say grace, you know, and they're eating. And Beautiful. my oldest my oldest one's eight years old. And if I say amen too soon, he stopped. He said, I'm not done yet, Papa. And, <laughs> and he gets really upset, you know, and I said, okay. So he goes back to praying again and I'm going, Food's getting cold. I'm still not done, Papa. But he's praying for everything. He's praying for his little kitty. You train kitty. them young. Oh, they, That's they beautiful. Are, all three of them. The little girl, mm. she just turned five today. Her name is Willow. And she's she just holds her hands together and she just lifts up God, right? I do know there's a, a great work that needs to be done. I know uh, Canada has probably one of the highest rates of Aboriginal suicide amongst the teens mm-hmm. in our area, especially to where we is live. Yeah. And so... We do need to reach to them. Uh, I think there was a lot of trauma that was involved with the uh, the churches, if you will, you know, with, uh, with the residential schools and such. Mm-hmm. I've always maintained that money is just a Band-Aid. The, the government gives it. What our people need is counseling. And if they'd mm-hmm. spend a few million dollars on active counseling amongst the people, amongst our elders, they need healing. They've been mm-hmm. traumatized. You know, my mom was in a residential school for 16 years, wow. you know, and uh, the only little bit of love she ever gave me, how to be able to give love, was patted my leg one time and said, I love you, son. And there was never a hug involved because they took all that away. But um, I believe there's uh, there needs to be 
a serious counseling for the individuals that are still alive, still affected by that trauma. There's a lot of communities with yeah. teens that are yeah. facing a lot of suicide. It's well, they don't know. They they have, you know, the, that gener these generations have passed down the no-love kind of raising. Of, uh, yeah. Not all of them, but there are, there are quite a few that don't know how to give love to their children. So on this podcast, we have people from many denominations across Canada listening mm -hmm. in, and um, they're eager to learn, mm -hmm. what can we do? What What is our role as the church to love our neighbor, to love that teen yeah. and, and those parents that are struggling? Um, do you have any practical advice or wisdom to share with us? From a personal experience, when I, these, these great grandchildren are our stepdaughter. Mm -hmm. Not our step, but she's our granddaughter. But mm -hmm. we, we've had her since she was around one, just under one years old. Mm -hmm. And she's grown up, uh, she's 29 now, and she's grown up to call us mom and dad. She doesn't call us grandma and grandpa. Mm. But I made a promise to my wife and to my, my little girl. I said, everything stops when we start raising Darian. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to break the circle. The, 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 the hurt that we, my, both my wife and I went through is not going to be passed down to anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the booze will stop here, the drugs will stop here, and she mm -hmm. will not be raised in that atmosphere. We're going to break that circle and we're going to start raising our little girl with a lot of love. Mm -hmm. And we've done that. And what has passed on now to the great-grandchildren is that same love. There's no abuse in these little children. Mm -hmm. The circle is broken and they will be free from being raised without love. And I think... If we do that with with our youth, with our babies, even mm -hmm. though it might be hard because we weren't raised in that in, in that way, that we can break break the cycle that's been in there yes. for generations, generations. We need to give love to our children so they can pass that love down to theirs and to theirs and to theirs. Wow! And then we'll be free of all this abuse and all this bondage that we've been under for such a long time. My little kids are just happy. They're happy-go-lucky. They don't have none of that fear that we grew up with yep. and they're free from it and I do believe when they raise their children they're going to raise them with love also free from the addictions free from the bondage wow. of alcohol and we'll have victory eventually if Jesus mm -hmm. turns amen all right so all those grandmas and grandpas listening there amen. here's an encouragement from grandpa Herb huh. saying it is possible and those cycles can be broken and love. new generation love love yes. uh, can make a way that's right yeah, thank you so much, Herb, for sharing. Uh, is there any last word that you would like to share with our audience? Uh, maybe an encouragement to others that are on this journey? Find Jesus. Mm. He's not lost. But if you feel the calling inside your heart, you know, Jesus said, I, I draw all men unto me. You know, last night I said, uh, there was many that gave their life to the Lord. But any chance that you get to go to a place where Jesus is being spoken about, you know, we've given chances to the enemy in many areas of our life. We've served this enemy, and he has not us, brought us nothing but heartache. But you give Jesus a chance, and your life will change. I guarantee it, because he changed mine. I'm, like I said, I'm an old 30-year alcoholic. I, used, I never used to change my clothes for months at a time. I spent all my time on the street, in the mm. bush, drinking, passing out. Here, here. You, the man that you see today is not who I was back in the day I'm completely different but only through the power of God it wasn't it wasn't anything to do with me except to give my life to surrender to God and uh, he's brought me to places where I never ever imagined I would be you know I'll just give you an example my sister and I who's uh, used to call herself the Lysol Queen of Dawson Creek her name mm. is Lena Paul 
and uh, she found the Lord shortly after we did. And we're flying, we've been invited to up in Inuvik to go and minister okay. and do some grief counseling. And uh, we're flying on the plane. I said, sister, I said, what are we doing on this plane? And she said, you know, she said, we're going to go preach Jesus. I said, man, two alcoholics, sister. And we started crying. I said, mm-hmm. where God can bring you to, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it, nothing is impossible. And how did I end up here? You know, how do we end up ministering to people or being invited to different places? Only God has the power to be able to change your life. Don't think you're lost. Mm. God can use you. Remember, there's always one sermon in each individual's life who gives their life to Jesus, and that is your own personal testimony. I can't reach some of the people that you can reach if you're listening out there in the trauma that you've experienced in your life. Only you can do that. I can do that. I can reach people with things that I've gone through, much like our uh, our host here on, on this podcast. She can reach people that I can't. My wife, she was uh, raised raped by her stepdaughter, went through a stepdad, went through a whole bunch of stuff, impregnated her with kids. And we've given the opportunity and the freedom to be able to share these kind of things within our life. We don't give the enemy no chance for nothing. And we expose him for what he did. And my wife found forgiveness for, for her abusers. But she can only reach women. I, I've, I've never mm. gone through that. But she mm-hmm. can reach people through that. But I can't. And that's mm-hmm. that's what I want to encourage each and every one of you out there. You come to the Lord. Your testimony is going to bring people into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Herb, for taking the time. I know you have to get back on stage soon, but uh, thank you for taking the time to share your story. And I encourage all our listeners to, maybe we can put a link on on the show notes if we we want to get in touch with your ministry there. But, uh, well, there we have it. We have Herb from BC, Northern BC. Tell me the community again. Terrace. Terrace, BC. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Amen. God bless you. You too.